Hey guys, Josh Klein here. Unfortunately, we had some audio issues, some technical difficulties, and we lost about the first eight minutes of this episode of One Day Contract. So what you missed out on was some intros of our lovely guest, Nick Wilson from uh, WFNZ. You missed out on some talk about Billy Joel and which would be the worst concert at the new Bank of America Stadium, which I think we all kind of um, came to grips that it would probably be Florida Georgia Line. Sorry, Nikki. And uh, we also talked about the best concerts. Nick, I believe, said the Black Keys. I, of course, said the Dave Matthews Band. And Colin does not know any musical artists, apparently. And uh, and then right when we started talking about the football, all of a sudden uh, it started recording. So apologies for missing out on that. But um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode of One Day Contract. I would take any concert there. Come on, let's be honest. I mean, how cool is this? We're going to have concerts there now. Why haven't we had concerts this whole time? I don't know. It doesn't really... I, I don't really you see don't it care. as a great... Well, I mean, we've had... Wait, we have Billy Graham, Promise Keepers, and there have been one concert. Billy Joel. No, no. I'm, I'm saying in the history of like okay. these big functions. But what if Billy Joel was covered by Billy Graham. Okay, see, now we're talking. Yeah. Now we're getting into a show that I yeah. want to see. Just spoken word, Billy Graham reading the works, the the just beautiful the words. The stolen tunes of yeah. Billy Joel. I go walking in the, go walking in the, <laughs> go walking in the midnight. Right there. Right I there. I almost cried. It sounds like, yeah, it does seem like it's like, a, like yeah, like you want to snap during Thank it. You. I get it. Yeah. I snapped and no sounds came out. <laughs> I apparently don't know yeah, how to something's do wrong with your fingers, I think. Purely visual I gimmick. You're skill snapping. Pop on snapping. <laughs> I'm going to go to a skill pop class on snapping. 90 bucks. They teach you how to snap. <laughs> I'll wait until there's a group on or something. Maybe. Worth it. Actually, yes. I, would like, I would like to help you with this. If you just give me 90 bucks, I'll just tell you when you're not doing it. Uh, no, nope, oh, well, no, nope, it's not working. See, look what I'm doing. No, You're not doing look. this. You're not getting this. Okay, this is over. Let me get my checkbook. <laughs> People Cash use only. checks, right? Yeah, absolutely. My mom uses checks. Yeah. I have a checkbook, but I, I don't remember the last time I wrote a check. I like checks mix. Is this what we're doing? That works. Okay. That works. Well, I it, like uh, mixed radio stations. Mm. You know? Oh. Well, I like 80s, something. 90s, and today. Something the whole mm. office can enjoy. That's what I like. <laughs> something, something for everybody. Well, if you want to hear your super important question on the show, go to iTunes, put it in the review. Hey, we'll ask it. We love to ask questions. Have yeah, fun with us. Absolutely. Be a part of the show. Be a part of One Day Contract. All right. Are you guys ready for this? Buckle up. There's no buckles. There's no buckles? Yeah. Okay, maybe grip the table. Grip right. the table? Could, How this, about that? This seems like a faulty plan. Yeah. <laughs> That's I true. feel like this table's going down quick. <laughs> Let's talk about Kyle Allen. All right, guys. It's been fun. Yes. I appreciate it. Thank you Great for coming. You. That's the end of the show. Where would you rank it on the all-time best quarterback performances of all time <laughs> Like for a single game? I haven't seen all the quarterback performances, but like, like if you could go ahead and Put Pat Mahomes, his best performance, times one of the Tom Brady Super Bowls, mm. uh, then times everything Aaron Rodgers has ever done. It's probably 
We're about halfway there. Maybe yeah, to how if good you it was. had just flown back from Germany after getting the blood-rich platelet, platelet yep. treatment right before your performance, then maybe we're up to that level. And while Joe Montana was speaking German. I don't know why that's important, but that's part of this. Yeah, it se- certainly yeah. seems like it should be a big part of it. And Keith Jackson was probably on the call this yeah. weekend. <laughs> <laughs> he got involved as well. Tony Romo is calling out the plays. We brought back Madden and Summerall for, for Kyle Allen's second game. That's really- <laughs> I would like to point out that I've, I've classified it as a great performance, and no one thought that was a good enough adjective on Monday. That great was not great enough to describe a performance against the Arizona Cardinals defense. That's the bleep storm I walked into on Monday morning at 10 a.m. Well, you, you have, you've gone above and beyond, because what I view this as, we might have something here. That's what I look at it and go, oh. we might have something here. We don't know. It's still early, but we might have something here with Kyle Allen, and I'm encouraged by that. Like I think you yeah. used, Nick used comparison. You said, is he going to be Matt Moore? Is he going to be Jake DeLome? Where does he fall on that spectrum? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but he's got something. He's he got is some juice. a quarterback who should get another paycheck. I'm there. Yeah. You're in on that. Yeah. That's not an XFL joke either. Nope. No, an <laughs> NFL, a vesting contract that has you know, will continue to get him paid and also maybe lock him a little bit more into the uh, whatever vesting programs they have. Yeah. I'm you've... very careful about that. Yeah. you're <laughs> That got away from me a little bit, yeah. but I understand yeah. what you're saying. Uh, yeah. Um, of course. He was he – was, I'll go ahead and say it. He was great on Sunday. I think that's fine to say. That defense is really bad, and it is a backup quarterback, and that's what he should do is be great against Why a terrible defense. Why can't both be true? Of course. Because I'm a little bit country, and I'm a lot of bit rock and roll here. <laughs> because like, no, because the, 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 the use of great here is solely because of the performance of the guy that was playing quarterback for the first two games compared to this one. No, well, it's no less one is, about that. It's no more about the 11 that guys that he went up against. Nobody's calling, no one's calling a game against this Arizona defense great, except for the fact that the guy that was doing it before was below par. This was passable. This was acceptable. No, but see, this is also, it's not about Cam, it's about Kyle. There, I, I, I was not the only person in the world to say he was not an NFL quarterback. I did not think he was an NFL quarterback. So when, a, when a, pardon the expression, a slap ass is no longer a slap ass, you go, ah, oh, damn it. That's twice as much as I was expecting yeah. from him. Four touchdowns is great. Yeah. Like, and, and it's not just the four touchdowns. He made every throw they asked him to throw. Yep. There were very few times, like a few of the misses, it was literally, the, the, it was on the receiver a few of the times. Like he did as well as anyone could expect, even the most unreasonable person with way too high aspirations they wouldn't have picked that performance. It was a great performance that he made against a crappy defense. Yeah, that was. They gave up. I think they had 413 total yards, and that was the third most this season <laughs> that the Cardinals have given up in three games. So it's not. I mean, Stafford threw for 385 and three touchdowns. So it's not like, and uh, Lamar Jackson threw for more yards and ran for a buck twenty. Like the Cardinals' defense is bad, and that's what an NFL quarterback should do. And we proved he proved. Sunday that he was an NFL quarterback and that is why when we get to our next segment they can do kind of what they're doing now with Cam because now they it seems like there is somebody that can hold the mantle and some defense is going to try and stop Christian some defense that can actually do it will be able to I mean we saw this with Tampa Bay yeah yeah uh, when when they uh, they forced Cam to throw 51 times I know that Kyle Allen can throw the ball 26 times and it's going to be a decent performance uh, if they force him, if, if if Norv goes back to the thing of, well, we're not running, we're not just going to run for the sake of running, 
If Kyle Allen gets north of 35 throws, I honestly think that would be a great time to find out what you really have. Because if he gets upwards of 45 throws and he's still doing it at, what, 67% clip and he's still throwing touchdowns, well, then then even the biggest skeptic in the room is going to have to be converted on some level. Yeah, no, I, I think that you're absolutely right. I mean, they the the Cardinals defense is a great breakdown that Vincent wrote on theriotreport.com. That's theriotreport.com on the internet, uh, where the essentially Buda Baker, safety for the Cardinals, like turned away from Christian McCaffrey and tried to interact with DJ Moore and like got blocked. Like he turned into a block instead of trying to tackle the guy with the ball on the 76 yard touchdown run. So it's like, this defense is bad. You should be putting up 38 points, especially when your defense gives you the ball back two extra times. But you're absolutely right. Like until we see it again in Houston, and then probably I'd like to see it again in Jacksonville or against Jacksonville before I'm ready to put him closer to the Jake DeLome. Uh, oh, he like can't whoever. Get there. He can't get to Jake's level. He, 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 no, no. He He's got to, time right now. Well, no, no, I'm about, saying in time, but I'm saying during this regular season. I mean, you're talking about a quarterback that led this team to the Super Bowl. Like, he's not in four weeks. Like, Gardner Minshew and Mason Rudolph right now, like, is, is are people ready to, to decide that Minshew's the, the dude going forward? I mean, that's what the, that's the same timeline that we're talking about with Allen. Well, I, I think if Gardner Minshew had gotten them into the end zone right now, I think Jacksonville would absolutely be doing that. But yeah. I think I think they've had multiple opportunities where they were in the red zone, they've not cashed in. I think I think I, I and by the way, I actually still think people in Jacksonville are bleeping crazy. I was listening to their ten ten XL down in Jacksonville. There are people ready to build a church to that guy. Yes. So I mean, listen, it's Far be it for me to tell anyone in this room. I would go to that church. That uh, it, it involves mustaches. That's yeah. all I'll say. <laughs> but uh, far be it for me to say for anybody in this room. But like we fall in love with slap ass quarterbacks all the time. Yeah. And so I, I, cl- I clearly hear what you're saying. But if you were, if he can recreate what he did against Arizona, up against Houston, against Romeo Cornell, who is horrible head coach, phenomenal, phenomenal defensive mind, and then going to Jacksonville, assuming Jalen Ramsey is still there. <laughs> Uh, you do that against those two defenses, then we can at least get to the point of, well, okay, maybe he's more, maybe he's Matt Moore or better than Matt Moore. It, to be fair, though, I said Matt Moore, Jake Delhomme. There's a there's a sizable gap between those two right, guys. Right, right. Yeah. But he's going to land on that spectrum. I mean, sure. Ultimately, yeah. you know, we found out he's not a slappy. He does register a pulse on this, this guys that are come out of nowhere that may be able to to lead you because this offense is set up to have. That type of guy right now, given the weapons they've got around him, to have that facilitator. You don't need the – I mean, obviously you want the star as your quarterback position, but you don't need that with this offense. I think you saw a little bit of that this weekend. And yep. I do think these guys on the edge are as good as we've had around here in, in a long time. I want to talk about something that you just happened to mention in passing is Gardner Minshew and Nick Foles, right? So that is, to me – it's not quite a quarterback controversy yet, but I'm curious. I would be curious if in Jacksonville they are debating whether or not when Foles gets back, it's his job. I know I am certainly guilty of sending out a tweet that was like, "Sorry, dog, that's not your job anymore." <laughs> but that's literally just based on all the memes and all the stuff. And here, I think there's a little bit of rumbling. Certainly nationally, you, you've heard the phrase "quarterback controversy" after Kyle Allen has one good start in the regular season. Uh, I don't count the Week 17 game. Um, no. That's not the regular season. No. Um, but do you think that there is – can Kyle Allen play himself into a quarterback controversy or when Cam Newton does come back, I guess I should say if Cam Newton does come back, slash when, 
and he says he's completely healthy 100%, is this his job, or does he actually have to fight with Kyle Allen about it? I feel like I've like talked myself in circles on this. because I'll certainly talk myself in circles. <laughs> well, but because the reality is there should be things that Kyle Allen can do in the next three weeks that make that conversation very tough. If he looks like he did against Arizona the next three weeks, and you've won those games, and you're 4-2, and two, with this division where it is, you're really going to pull a guy who's playing that well that fits the offense in that stretch? Now, what I just said, I do not think is the most likely of outcomes. But I think the problem is Ron. And, and I don't say that Ron is a problem, but Ron loves his veterans. And Ron will go back to his... We saw this with Torrey Smith. We saw this with Torrey Smith still being in camp, despite the fact that Torrey clearly had health issues. Like, Torrey wasn't, should never have made this roster, the 53-man roster, the first place. I know he was cut a day later, but, like, he wasn't there. There And, and Ron does this. We did this with TD last year. We're doing, I mean, we do this with guys in Carolina all the time. Ron will hold on to guys. He, he's the opposite of the rule you want. He'll hold on to guys a year or two longer than they should. Please see Mike Adams last year. So that's the thing that scares me. I, and I think, and, and honestly, I think that's something that Ron has to understand that if in four weeks, if you get through the bye, Kyle Allen has gone 4-0 and has been a rock star and Cam's there saying, I'm ready to play. You know who's going to be looking over Ron's shoulder to see how that decision goes? It's going to be Dave Tepper. Because uh, that, that is the other side of this, that there are other pressures here at play. I would think there are things Kyle Allen can do to take over this job. He has to do a lot, but it re- just Ron's love, and, and it, it's not a bad thing, but his over-loyalty to players, it really scares me from being able to say, oh, yeah, it's Kyle. Kyle can take off here. I do think it's a, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword for Rivera, though, because I do think one of the reasons he's had consistency and had guys and veterans buy in around here is because of that, Fair. not preferential treatment, but th- he's, he's not lost this team, and I do think if he was more cutthroat in that way, it's one thing when you're Belichick and you've got that success and you've got that resume. It's another thing if you're the cutthroat guy and you don't have that resume. And I wonder if that would have, you know, possibly cut short his time here. If if there is a conversation to be had about Kyle Allen and Cam Newton, we will already be dancing in the streets because it's about week six. That's about the the, the peak, right? That's about when we the streets yeah. of London. Yeah, right? yeah. That's when you that's when you dance. Right. So, like, if we get to there, like, we're going to be so over the moon based on the way this season has started to that point that, it's, I don't know, it's almost like I can't even envision it. But I do think Kyle Allen's been the best quarterback that's played for the Carolina Panthers this season. And Cam has to prove that he can be better than, than, than Kyle Allen in 2019. Not the tape, not the, not the resume, and that's where it does fall back, like you said, to Rivera's decision and whether or not he falls back. I think, I think Cam... If we have success and if Kyle Allen plays well, that's two ifs, it's one too many. But if all that happens, then Cam has to come out in, in, in practice facility and, and show that he is a better quarterback throwing the ball because at this point we've not seen that accuracy. Well, and it's not just about throwing the ball. He has to run. Like, it, it, Listen, I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt with this whole thing that he didn't run because of the injury because I don't think my big ass could run on a sprained foot that was not fully healed. But if he comes back and he says, I'm still not going to run, 
and that's where you're at, it's going to be a real problem to put him back out. Well, they're not going to be successful. Yeah. I mean, we what we have seen the first two weeks with Cam is we see how much of a weapon he has been to this point in his career because now that defenses don't have to respect the two the six five two hundred fifty five pound running back that's about to come down your throat. Boy, he's a whole lot easier to defend. And you know, the other big thing about that is like because because the blowback to what we just said was well, you know, you know, last last year he was a much more accurate quarterback. Then he had a shoulder injury. And I think right now, uh, listen, Cam might get back to being a more accurate. Like, Cam was more accurate last year in the pocket, even on the run a little bit, uh, the first eight games of last year. And then the shoulder injury happened. It took Cam all the way that time from the first injury with his shoulder to get back to where he was last year with his shoulder. It might take that long if it ever happens if you're taking so if he's still on the mend and his arm is still getting arm strength, which is I'm not talking about throwing 50 yards, but being able to throw 50 times a game, if he's still on the mend with that, and he's not running, then you've got a quarterback that is impaired and he's not healthy enough to be out there. And again, that's something the Panthers have to understand and realize where that is and 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 take control of that situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. It's a lot of it, obviously. All the ifs. We're so many. It's so many hypotheticals. Can we buy stock if in it? Yeah. <laughs> if Kyle Allen, if Kyle Allen plays well, mm-hmm. and if Cam Newton comes back, and if Cam Newton says I'm not going to run, and if he gets out there and he's not as accurate on the practice field, and if then I yes, win the lottery, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If all that stuff happens... And if Rivera has not been fired by Tepper by then. Yeah, sure. Well, <laughs> if Kyle Allen plays well, then he's not going to get fired. I, I think it's like all these ifs, is is it's fine. To me, it's like this is, this is the same to me as Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Brees. Drew Brees hurt his thumb. He is going to come back. But when you come back from a thumb injury at a 40-year-old quarterback, there are going to be a lot of question marks. Teddy Bridgewater played great. Led them to a win over the Seahawks. They eh. probably shouldn't have won. Eh. He played. Did he play as well as Kyle Allen? No. Oh, okay. He oh. had two defensive scores. Or Whatever. two special they... team scores. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, for all the all the pay the backup quarterback, has not been, you know, great. Like, if you were going to pay, you know, the pay a backup quarterback $8 to $10 million. I mean, they, they, they played well. He, he was fine. But, I mean, I don't think they feel like they're getting – you know, great quarterback play right now. I think that's the most frustrating thing about this season was supposed to be about in, in uh, outside of winning, which is always the chief and foremost thing of everything. It was supposed to be about removing the if. And initially we come into the season, the if is Cam's health. Everything else is not questionable. Now it's if Cam can stay healthy, if Cam can get back to health this season, if Ron Rivera can keep his job, if Kyle Allen can be a passable quarterback for longer than a week, you know, if Christian McCaffrey can hold up to running the game, running the, or getting thirty touches a game, there are so many ifs, and it's only week three. It's a little bit frustrating because because when you watch these games, there's something to this team. And especially with this this latest thirty eight to twenty win, I said it was like watching somebody learn how to win again. They had forgotten how to win, and on Sunday it may have been a crappy opponent. You watched that team, you saw them remember how to win in real time, sure. and it was cool and it was uplifting. I don't give a damn who it was against. So now you still have all these ifs, and all you want are these ifs to move aside in any way they can, so you can just get to football. Unfortunately, none of these ifs are things that are a one week and you're gone kind of thing. Ron Rivera, he's going to be in question here all year unless they hop out to an you know eight and two start, 
Uh, Cam Newton, until he plays 16 games, it's going to be an if. Kyle Allen, until he steals the job and goes off to the Hall of Fame, it's going to be an if. And it's just, you hate to see it because they do have a veteran roster. They have markings of a team that you look at and say, they should this, this year should be a chance for them to get out there and at least make the playoffs, if not be able to make a run deep into it. It's, it's frustrating. A young offense and a veteran defense is a good is, – is, yep. it should be a good recipe. I think Kyle Allen is getting lumped in here because I think really the, the conversation – now there's a Rivera and a Herney conversation obviously with Tepper looming too. But this conversation is about number one. And are we, gonna ever, are we ever going to see 2017 Cam, let alone 2015 Cam? But like – all the because if you say you're going to get 2015 Cam and I say hey you want to keep Kyle Allen of course <laughs> yeah. you're going to go to Cam so that's this is all about number one shoulder his foot his his diet his weight loss his hair his style it's uh, it's now, all about one I will I, not take disrespect about Cam's hair because it looks great I do think there's maybe a little bit of an element of the don't look at my mole. That, that that I'm that I'm embarrassed about. So make sure you're paying attention to all of this other stuff right now while my football is not exactly buttoned up. That would explain why Hawaiian Shirt Friday goes the way it does for me. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy Hawaiian Shirt Friday. I saw you Friday. I thought you guys looked great. I need I I think we need to get you guys in on this. I mean, listen, if it makes fat guys look good, think about what it does to skinny people. <laughs> like I mean like, literally, how many times have we ever said this fashion trend makes fat dudes look good? It doesn't happen. Uh, other than the color black, literally nothing works. This is the one thing. And if you guys take it on, too, I'm just saying, we get those pictures out there on social media. Now skinny people are embracing it. We have a hive of people under the banner of Hawaiian Shirt Friday. Hashtag Hawaiian Tur- Shirt Friday. And, uh, and now we've got a movement. It is a movement. It is. I'm in. I right, need a Hawaiian that. shirt. Josh? Sure. I like Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. Do you own Colin. a Hawaiian shirt? I, yes, as I, a matter of fact. I, I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> they are so comfortable. Wait, you brought up a point about, oh, he doesn't have kids. The two people yeah. with kids have Hawaiian shirts. Yep. Yep. A lot I of think I have here. one like in my closet from our honeymoon that when, I, when we went to Hawaii, I was like, well, I got to wear some Hawaiian shirts. And my wife was like, I don't think that you really need to wear many. You can wear one. <laughs> See, I think, I think a Hawaiian shirt there. is a double connotation. <laughs> it is, I'm free and easy, and this is comfortable, and we live a life of comfort here. And it's also... I am one step away from snapping and beating your ass. <laughs> because it takes a special level to get to the point where you're like, I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt, bleep you. I, I think I think there is a I think there's a undertone of mess with me, I have children and no patience. I can't hurt them, I can hurt you. What month when you wear a Hawaiian shirt is the most I'm gonna mess with you it's december december yeah and as a matter of fact if you were at like a family reunion on uh, that kind of is disguised as a christmas thing and uncle eddie or you know maybe even aunt sarah i'm not judging anybody here is wearing a hawaiian shirt steer clear because <laughs> they have some things they need to talk off and get off their chest they're expressing some things just you don't you don't need that mess. Particularly if it's not a seasonal Hawaiian shirt. Like if yeah. it's just one out of the collection. And if it's also I'll say this, if it's like the loudest Hawaii, the louder the Hawaiian shirt, the more they're itching to give somebody the business. 
They've got some fireball in the freezer. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That sounds like a pretty good um, like way to describe a crazy person. Like he's got some fireball in the freezer. If you know what I'm saying. Like... So you said a lot of what ifs. Let's throw one more what if. Okay. Uh, okay. Instead of Kyle Allen, what if this was Will Greer? What, um, what would this? They would have lost on Sunday. <laughs> And I, I like I I've tried to get this this point home a lot in just talking about this with people and and I don't know if it's because they haven't drafted a quarterback since Cam, but the expectation on Will Greer was always ridiculous, the expectation that any rookie is going to come in this side of Daniel Jones or Danny Tyler Murray or him, uh, outside of a number one pick, the the expectation that the guy was just going to come in and be ready to be your backup and ready to go, it doesn't. It, the anomalies are guys like Gardner, Garoppolo, Gardner Minshew, <laughs> Gardner Minshew. Those guys are the true anomalies, and you can't, you don't know. And what we saw, Will Greer had the issue that young quarterbacks have that you can't force, which is he didn't have, he wasn't there processing wise. And if you put, I, listen, guys, I know this. All right, I've, I've, as a Clevelander, I have seen about forty different quarterbacks fail in different ways. All, all as horrific as the last one, if not more. And the worst thing you can do for a kid that is not ready, that is not processing the game, is to throw him out on the field. So the, I'll say this, as, as much as I hated having Kyle Allen be your backup, as much as I wanted Brock, Brocktober to be here, Brock Osweiler, or literally any quarterback with a pulse other than Kyle Allen, it ended up being a beautiful thing because now we don't have to worry about Will Greer unless Kyle Allen gets hurt. Will Greer should not touch the field. Wait until he's ready because it's already kind of a scratch-off ticket. That's what quarterbacks are in the draft. To me, it's like, so I have been saying kind of all along that if Cam Newton comes back and says, I'm 100% healthy, there is no quarterback, there is no controversy. Whether Again, just we said this off air. It's whether the question of will or should. Should there be? Yeah. No. Will there be? Maybe. But... If he if Cam Newton comes back and says I'm 100 percent healthy, he should get the right of first refusal, at just because of his the way that he the the way that he's carried this franchise for his entire career. Now, if he goes out there and plays poorly, then we're then I'm ready to have more conversations. But if he comes back and says, Hey guys, I had a Liz Frank injury. I'm back. I'm gonna run. I'm I'm 100 percent healthy. Sorry, I rode the bike. Whatever. And then uh, I would go put a trash can about 30 yards and downfield and say, all right, let's see if you're going to be the starting quarterback. Sure. You're going to put one of those like nets where they have to throw it into the hey, net? Hey. Absolutely. I mean, and then whoever throws it in the net is the starter? Well, because if, if the whole thing is he didn't get hurt to the end of game two, I mean, he still didn't look good. Not till I, the end, but I just want to get the rest of it out because <laughs> I know we'll go somewhere else. If, if Will Greer had played like Kyle Allen did on Sunday, I think – that is a different question. Yeah. If the guy that you drafted as the maybe theoretical quarterback of the future in the third round and is going to eventually maybe be somebody for you, if he plays that way, then I think there's more of a question of like, well, did are we just ready to start the Will Greer era right now? Right. I don't think that the Kyle Allen era is going to be a thing, at least probably not here in Carolina, but if it is, it's going to be interrupted by the Cam Newton conundrum in the middle of it the will greer stuff started in april yeah, yeah. the minute that's when that started it, it was a controversy for no reason so it would just take well, it's because it got labeled as heir apparent which well, was foolish that gets back to our preoccupation with status 
as human beings that comes out with the way we think of quarterbacks. We treat quarterbacks in a way we don't treat any other position in sport. And, and, and it's good reason. It is the most important position in sport. It is the toughest to find and identify who's going to be good. I mean, we've seen the Bradys. We've seen Jamarcus Russells. We've seen all level of failures and successes. But this idea that, you know, how we would perceive these guys going into camp. Well, Will Greer is a third-round pick. He should be the backup. Says who? Who has that expectation? Because literally no team in the world has ever gone, if, if, a, if a rookie has been a backup, it has always been, no, we feel comfortable with where they are. And by the way, they're still not all the time right. I know we, we've discussed whether or not two, three quarterbacks in the past. Like From the second you draft Will Greer in the third, you, you, you said, should yep. be saying three. We're yep. keeping three this year. I, and I never got the like. If there's one spot on the roster, I'm going. I'm going to spend way too much collateral on in terms of space. It's going to be the quarterback. Like I would not bug me if a team had four quarterbacks. You know, because if you have one, if if you don't have a quarterback that's your guy, have four guys cycle through them until you find the guy. Like I actually think the the funny thing in the NFL is the one thing we do too much of is the the slavish devotion to well, this is your status. Like like Matt Ryan. I, you know, actually, I'm going to make a better one. Eli Manning. Eli Manning was a guy who once upon a time we all just looked at and said, well, two rings, that's Hall of Fame, right? Okay, bye-bye. Now it's six years, seven years later, and we all look at this guy and go, I don't think he's a freaking Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. But because mm-hmm. somehow uh, we made this decision as a collective we seven years ago, and there are still people going, no, no, we made this decision. It's the two rings. That's what matters. It doesn't. He's a sh- crappy quarterback. Like Fine, we get two curses. So okay. you can use one. One, All right. just I'm going to own this one then. He's a shitty quarterback. <laughs> All right? I will curse over Eli Manning. He's a bad quarterback. And he, the only reason he ever won a ring in the first place is that he had great teams around him. Truly great, te- great defenses and some pretty damn good skill talent as well. But again, it's this preoccupation with, oh, no, no, we've labeled this as such. Like, that has been why Carolina fans are so infuriated with the way Cam is treated. For some reason, everybody said, oh, that's not the way quarterbacks do it. And yep. then we've just, nobody's been able to move on from that. It is, the, the way we treat quarterbacks is so bizarre, well, I can't get over it's it. It's because a lot of people in the media want to lay in the weeds until they're right. And then they want to pop up, and it's like, "Oh, Cam had three interceptions." Well, let me get my let me get my how you dressed take. That has nothing to do with how we you call play. that the fine but, bomb. Yeah, they, yeah. They, <laughs> you know that, that people want to lay in the weeds, and that's and Cam has routinely received that that treatment, and then they don't want to give Cam the praise where it's it's like, "Oh, he's a phenomenal talent. Oh, he's a he's a great talent." Yeah. Like, oh, it's not his work. It's nothing that he's done. He was just blessed, and and. They, they have a way that they think quarterbacks should be played. Look at Danny Dimes. <laughs> he's, he's the guy that they – that's how they want quarterbacks to be played. And there's a lot of old school guys that think that's the right way to play football. And they felt it for a long time. And it got it, – it did. It got tainted from the jump. And Cam, as a quarterback, has never been able to be discussed with other quarterbacks. He always has to exist on his own practically. And, and what's funny about this is I was having a conversation off air with a buddy of mine who works in Atlanta radio. And I said – can I just tell you something? I think Matt Ryan's like vastly overrated. I think Matt Ryan does things at an efficient level. He works within an offense. 
but I don't think he's a great quarterback. I think he's had some great teams around him, but he is a stat accumulator to he me. He has Julio Jones. He has Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Devontae Freeman, and for a while there they had a pretty damn good offensive line and a phenomenal defense, that, 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 although not the year they went to the Super Bowl, ironically enough. But, like, what's fascinating to me is we just all assumed at some point – again, it was that thing – uh, collectively – Matt Ryan, good quarterback, great quarterback, potential Hall of Famer. One, you know, the next guy to jump the mantle. He's never, ever transcended. He, ironically, the thing people say about Cam, he's had one great season above all others. Pretty much everything else, though, he's never ascended into uh, Drew Brees. He's never ascended into Aaron Rodgers. He's never ascended into right. those other guys. And it's not because he doesn't have a, a Super Bowl. It's because he's not that good. Yeah, he's he's a fine quarterback. He is a plus plus version of Andy Dalton, but also the guy is a problem in the red zone. The guy's a problem in those big moments. I that this is I could talk about this forever because I mean I just I finally said, do you guys realize that he's not one of the five best? He'll never, he'll never. Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and and just Tom Brady could say, you know what, guys, it's been fun. We're just not liking the NFL today. They could walk away. He would not be one of the top five quarterbacks of today. And that's there was an assumption when the young guys were coming up. And it's like that, oh, well, at some point, Brady, Breeze, Rodgers, those names are going to get replaced by. Yep. But you're right. The guys aren't living. I mean, Mahomes is on a different you know planet yeah. with some of the stuff he's doing. He's, he's, he's a lot of fun to watch. Um, the rare... The rare football guy that's worth going out of your way to see. Yeah, I think. and he's a guy that actually, if you look, you okay, you can point to me. And I said today, like, I do want to see him win ch- championships. There is a part of me that's like, I don't give a damn about 6,000 yards. I'm so over yardage, passing mm-hmm. yardage. And, so, and some of this has been Cam illuminating this. People's valuing a quarterback based off how many yards he passes for. Kiss my ass. Oh, you know what, Big What's ben. next, their win-loss record? Like, it's just, uh, sorry, I digress. I will reel that back in. But, like, I don't care if he passes for 6,000 yards. He should. Look at how that offense is. Look at what they ask him to do. He's got a cannon for an arm. He should pass for 6,000 yards. Can I get him to win a friggin' title first? Because I'll tell you this. Of anybody, Pat Mahomes is more responsible for the wins and losses on his team and the guys that he has had to put through all of this the last couple years, or the last two years, than Matt Ryan is. But now that's not something we can say. Well, no, no, but Matt Ryan, 5,000 yards. That's our, oh, look, this is a stat. I love, I love being able to go ahead and put things out there on a statistical level, but because of the way the game is played now, frauds aren't being called frauds because, oh, well, these are the thing, these are the metrics that we've used for quarterbacks for 50 years. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't passing yards, and quite frankly, it probably isn't even touchdowns. Well, and how many times do, do, does the metric speak to the point that, that whoever the writer or the talking head wants to make? Yeah, I, you, you and I both know you can sit there and, and turn Cam. From, from from an all-pro into a dud just by tweaking some stats yep. and just by throwing in one little caveat. I mean, you, you can do this, and that, and that, that, that stuff happens. But these, this, lo, this younger group of quarterbacks, not, we have not seen them assault the throne. And, and you mentioned Eli with the two Super Bowls. Brady is going to leave a bunch of guys, much like Jordan, going, okay, well, you have a great career, but where are your rings? Yep. Where are your seven rings to go yeah. to compete? Do you think that Patrick Mahomes exists without if Cam Newton had never been in the league? Ooh, I, I don't. I know. I don't think. I don't think Deshaun does either. There are so many guys, and I mean, I'll be honest. I don't think. I don't even. I know this that they're antithetical to each other. I don't know Baker is a guy that exists in the league. Like, I mean, I, I think Cam was the prototype. 
And even though Baker doesn't follow that exact prototype, even though Deshaun is different, even though there are, are different iterations, Carson Wentz, guys. Carson Wentz was a small school guy, injury prone, in I mean, just nondescript character. Like, yeah, he was big and he was athletic, but the things that they coveted in Philadelphia, I don't know they would have coveted the same way without a quarterback like Cam Newton to first come along and say, wait, 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 you mean he can run too? And, and I'll be honest with you, Carson Wentz is a brilliant in-the-pocket quarterback. He makes throws I don't know you could make. And we, this has all gotten lost because of the injuries. I watched him throw make a play. I think it was his rookie year. I didn't know a rookie quarterback could make. He literally, the, the pocket was collapsing in on him. He had the end zone right here. He literally scooches to his side, tilted his hips, and on a dime delivered the, uh, basically in a five-hole of the receiver for a touchdown. And I said, that's it. He's an NFL quarterback. I'm sorry, if you can make that throw, you can make any throw on the field. But, but again, all of those guys, maybe they, would, maybe they would have been a second-round pick. Maybe they would have been a third-round pick. Cam Newton legitimized the idea of a guy who can do everything and a little bit of everything, almost the utility quarterback. He legitimized it because he was so impressive and so physically dominant the, when he came in the league too the nfl was still trying to dictate that oh well we don't like these offensive linemen they're coming out of college well guess what that's your crop so it, they, they were fighting not only cam but offensive systems and what's going on too and cam like i feel like cam's transition now if cam came in as a rookie in 2020 it, it, he, oh I, I i don't like i don't think any of this I don't think any of the, the, the stuff that happened, or not, shouldn't say any, but the majority of the stuff that happened that I really feel tainted him as a national discussion point. Because you see now, media members will avoid discussing him because it's the same trap no matter what. And it's been the same trap for eight years. I think if he came in now, yes, he would still get the, the look at me stuff and the criticism towards that, but... Like this other stuff, I feel like a lot of it would have gone away. I also think if he came in now, somebody would know how to use him. And I think it has been so frustrating. Rob Jadzinski was not a bad offensive coordinator, not a bad football coach. like Not a great head coach, but not a bad football coach. Rob, Rob Jadzinski was calling plays to get himself a job when yeah. he was here in 2012. Sure. Uh, the next year, you had Mike Shula. Mike Shula is a good dude. <laughs> he's not a very good football coach. He's not, he's not a, sorry. He's a good quarterback coach. He is not a good uh, offensive coordinator. If you didn't waste the first six years of his career, and maybe you had, I mean, I, like, think about it. Like, if you could have found a McVay. Hell, if you could have had Norv Turner in 2012 come in with Cam Newton, and honestly, and it's not about teaching him how to play. Cam evolved. Uh, quite a bit, even as a pocket passer, as a quarterback, and he doesn't get credit for that. But if you had found an offensive mind who just got it and who wasn't trying to turn him into, no, 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 we're going to make you Peyton Manning because that's how we play quarterback in this league. If you didn't do that, if you found somebody who was really a, a true offensive underkin, I bet you Cam's stats would look a hell of a lot friendlier towards all the benchmarks that are predestined, set in stone, that nobody can give up. And since this all started with Josh asking the, the question about Cam, I'll, I'll push it back further. I, I wonder if it wasn't for Donovan McNabb and the whole his whole controversy and his whole career was overshadowed by the, the pocket quarterback or the ability to be a, a pocket quarterback. And then he and T.O. had the issues. But I think that was that was definitely the, the, the narrative on the black quarterback at the time. Is is he going to be able to come in and do this? And that was very real because McNabb had 
just done it and his career was kind of wrapping up and um, he hadn't been able to get over the hump and have that success that apparently would have then made it okay for everybody. If we want to really go back, let's go deep dive. Warren Moon. I mean, the best undrafted free agent quarterback of all time. I mean, I did some research on Kyle Allen. Warren Moon was a fella that literally was told, no, no, you have to go somewhere else. You can't play quarterback in the NFL. Dominated the CFL. I think he was only 28 when he got into the NFL. And it took dominating the CFL for seven years for that to actually happen. And there were still people resistant to it. Like, uh, Randall Cunningham didn't get enough credit for the changes he evolved in his career. It absolutely is. I mean, it is impossible to divorce a conversation on Moon, on Cunningham, on McNabb, on any African-American quarterback without also understanding that the NFL was not progressive. It took Warren Moon kicking down a door for people to go, I, I, I guess African-American quarterbacks could be a pocket quarterback. But, I mean, only one, right? And then it took Donovan coming in. And then it took Cam saying, hey, guys, I can do everything. Well, and actually showing that he can do everything for people to be, oh, wait, we can do more than just have him drop back and just three-step drop, five-step drop and throw the ball? But all that stuff doesn't count. Yeah. That's the pro- That's the. I mean, it's still the way that you look at it. The way that people look at Cam Newton, they look at passing yards, passing touchdowns, and that when they put the graphic up on the screen, they never put up the rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. Obviously, we've had this conversation a million times, and now we're just on Panthers Twitter. But but at the same time, he didn't ever he he didn't become the general. He was a captain for sure, but he didn't become the general. And 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 in those moments, in those situations, too often, the last two minutes, he looks like a dude that's unsure. And that's not what you want out of that that quarterback position, and that's not what you get out of Rodgers and Brady and Breeze and those guys at the top, the tippy top level. And but that is the level that he did not. And, and this would be an argument that I had last year. Cam missed a throw in the Seattle game, and oh well, you got you know Rodgers makes that. Well, does Rodgers make the thirty yard rush that he had earlier on the drive to get to that point? Like again, I think that still comes back like. Our idea of the general is restrictive, and if, no. if Cam's not the guy, well, no, no, I mean, because it's not just about within that that moment of just making that one specific throw. Right. I'm not saying you're being restrictive yeah. of it. I, I think our idea of what the general is that's going to change with some of these new dudes. That should change with Deshaun, who is just ridiculous all over. That should change with Carson Wentz, who can make that throw, but he's also going to find another way to make that similar play that might not be as iconic because it's not. You know, Dwight Clark in the back of the end zone. Those right. guys all just remind me of young Cam, honestly. Like, I watch all of them. They just look like smaller versions of young Cam. Like Cam 2.0. That's what you think every time. It's like Cam 2.0. Cam 2.0, but smaller. Yeah. Once, once in general. Point 2.0. Like, I actually don't <laughs> think, because of the injuries and because he is just a phenomenal uh, passer and was from the day he stepped in the NFL... I don't think people are making enough of the co- the the correlation between those two guys. Well, it's because you can't we can't compare guys post race yeah. or a uh, cross race. That's true. Yeah, that's like, true. Now maybe if they both won the MVP like Manning and McNair, oh, that, we still aren't supposed to compare them. <laughs> yeah, definitely. no, you can't do that. <laughs> Cannot do that. Let's talk more about this injury. You know, it it seems kind of like we were told one thing. What are you doing? Why are you, you both just, laughing at you me? You just don't want to say what it is. I don't want to say what it is, Liz Frank. Look at there that. Right? Anne's younger sister. <laughs> I never heard of this word until yesterday when all this, because it, it was all How this. How is that possible? 
I don't know. I've never heard anybody that's had this. Not familiar with the work with the work of Doctor Jacques Lisfranc de Saint Martin, who is a French surgeon and gynecologist. That's never came up at any of my doctors. And visits somehow or... it's it's named on the foot too. This I mean, this guy. <laughs> Where did he discover yeah, the injury? Of the utility oh. knife of doctors. <laughs> oh. oh God. You just stick to one area. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's plenty of doctors that need good Sir, work in this. choose the foot or the vagina. You get one. <laughs> so how come this didn't come up sooner? It was all foot sprain, foot sprain, foot sprain, now all of a sudden, now we're here. What is happening? I think I have a take on this, and I think Colin doesn't like it. Oh, Go ahead. Everybody take a deep breath. No, I was just going to say because we haven't talked to RV yet. That's yeah, that's true. <laughs> Talk to RV after the pod is over, and then uh, and then we'll be able to fill it in. I think the vi- the... Foot sprains and Liz Liz Frank injuries are very similar, right? And I think that they were a little bit scared of saying the word Liz Frank out loud because when you hear the word Liz Frank, sounds sounds terrifying. And had they come out and said after week three he has a Liz Frank injury and he's going to miss six weeks or whatever, or maybe he's going to be okay. I don't. I think when you hear Liz Frank, you assume he can't play for six weeks, right? I think the tough thing is when did the Liz Frank injury happen? Yeah, that's true. Because if they came out, if it happened the preseason, and and, and Joe Person wrote it out perfectly, four to eight weeks non-surgical, and that is the most that is the most likely course of action. If seventeen days into that you put him on a football field, and this is this is where Ron being vague about injuries hurts him, and in in not just hurts him, hurts the organization mm-hmm. in a big big way. Uh, it is horrendous optics if they put him out on the field with a Liz Frank injury. And what we, we, I know, I'm sure we'll get into this. We're never going to know that. We should nope. not know that. If that gets out, a lot of people are getting fired. Yep. But like, there is one man atop the totem pole that damn sure better know. Was it a misdiagnosis? Was it uh, correctly diagnosed? And somebody wanted to play through it, or somebody was asked to play through it, or like, I mean, really. Who who bungled this thing? Yeah, and, and this this is a situation where they've not been honest. And I know, like we talk about the gamesmanship. I just don't understand when it comes to your franchise quarterback. When you're talking about one of the true faces of your franchise, they, they Cam's had chances to talk, and he's always dodged it. And I just feel like something else is is going on here, and I, I don't like it because it feels like there's a lot of people talking past each other right now. Yeah, no, I I, I think. Nick had it absolutely right, is that when the Liz Frank injury occurred is a huge part of this because if it was a midfoot sprain and then somebody stepped on his foot or he tweaked it in the game and then it pulled the ligaments away from the bone and now it's a Liz Frank injury, that is a whole different... If he had come out and said, hey, we had a foot sprain, and then on Friday he said, you know what, RV looked at him and I spoke to RV after the game but before this press conference, and he told me that he has a Liz Frank injury, he's going to be out for four to eight weeks, that's all I'll say about it. That would have been a different, and I think we all could have digested that a little bit easier than, well, he's getting better. I mean, on Friday, he told us on a conference call that he was that he was he had a he had a good week of work, and and we were hopeful, and it just wasn't able to come around. And then on Monday, we know for a fact he's not going to play against Houston. I've taken a hell of a lot of crap on this, Ron's. Failure, inability, refusal, however you want to say it, uh, to be able to properly talk about what a player is going through is a problem. And it's not because we need to know, but in this instance, if Ron had come out 
and said the and, and I understand. Listen, whether Footsprint or Liz Frank, if he had been able to handle this and say those words, and yes, there's an expectation put upon this. It's you. You. I would rather be ahead of this. I think any organization would rather be ahead of this than where you are now, where it looks like you're behind or possibly covered up or mismanaged the situation. I mean, guys, this is, and I, I'm not trying to over dramatize this at all. These are the kind of things that not only gets people fired, it gets teams fined. It gets there. There are a lot of ramifications to this where. It's it's not a good look for the Panthers, and that means in in the legality even of it. Yeah, the the tr- I mean, you're talking about a breakdown of trust. Yeah, I mean, and we've seen that be a cause of divorce and pro athletes and teams for for a long time. And it could have been avoided simply by saying the truth. That's what that's what I come back to is that the insistence on lying or 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 playing the game or whatever. Oh, we're not going to give them. No, it's about your fans. I mean, all the speculation that surrounded this team for weeks now. It, they just you just said it. It's not good. We 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 could be excited about Kyle Allen and this team having a performance and maybe finding themselves and figuring things out. But instead, no, because well, we're going to play this game with you guys about your quarterback. And 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 the thing we haven't mentioned is that. Everything I've read says hopefully avoid yeah. surgery. Hopefully avoid surgery. That, 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 <laughs> that means that there's at least a real chance, and we've seen Ryan Khalil. I think one of the reasons, if they were hesitant to say the Liz Frank thing, is because Ryan Khalil had the injury, and it ended his season because he had to get surgery. Sure. So if, if that's why they avoid it, it's a dumb reason, but I kind of get it. But at the end of the day, this has been made worse by playing the media game, which they – psych themselves out on we talked about it after the draft that they had a chance to come out and, be, and talk about these dudes that they're excited about and instead they were defensive talking about the people yep. because they anticipated that people were going to be upset about taking will green with them i and i think that is it is a frustrating part of what we do it's not about you and me being able to sit here and argue about the logistics of liz frank it, it's it's the understanding the value of information we're not owed anything Right, right. I mean, this whole idea of transparency, but it helps. I mean, and and by the way, it helps your fans and it helps put them in a situation. And it also, you know who else it helps? Because this isn't just about me. It's not just about you or fans or anything else. It's also about the message you're sending to the league. And like Bill Belichick, he's not always honest with you. But when he does answer questions, he doesn't bungle the answers. And that is that is a huge difference when you are constantly. I mean, you know, Joe Person asking the question in the press conference on what was this yesterday, saying uh, is you know is surgery going to be necessary? That was him communicating to Ron. I I have sort I know what this is. So what is this going to be? And instead of saying you know we're not going to do surgery. Uh, you know, that we, we do have an understanding of a potential timeline. I'm not going to share that with you guys, but I do have a potential idea here. We know what the injury is. We have a plan of action in there. Everything that just says there doesn't violate anything for Cam, doesn't violate the team. And what it does is it also, it, it doesn't do what he did, which is, uh, I'm not going to answer medical questions. Okay. Because then, because again, Ron is not a dumb guy. Ron is not a bad guy. Ron is none of these things that if we just made those made these talking points and point them out, we'd say, well, only somebody that's stupid would do that. Only somebody that's dishonest would do that. Ron is none of those things. 
And I understand why he does the things the way that he does them. It's not working for this team. And it's not working for this organization. And I hope, I hope that we're all looking at this. I hope it's handled perfectly and nobody gets in trouble. I hope that's the case. It is the overreaction league, and that doesn't just apply to media and fans, though. Any final Cam thoughts? Can we move on? Well, I like Cam. I also like Cam. Me too. I have liked Cam more than I like him now. I think I actually like Cam more than Josh likes Cam. Um, I don't want to quantify it, but I'll say it's a lot. I would describe my like for Cam as high as Kyle Allen's performance was on Sunday. I would say uh, my like for Cam is as high as his ceiling when he's 100% healthy at the age of 28. My like of Cam is based solely on his production on the football field. <laughs> That's honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like That's that. That's transparency right there. Um, look, he said it. He said it on All or Nothing. He said, look good, play good. Play good, pay good. It's a business to him, too. It's yeah. a business for him, too. We don't all have to pretend like he's just out there doing it for the for the, for the sake of the fan. The love of the game. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it looks like a guy that may have lost his love of the game. I wish there was video was of that. Was that your, like, you were, like, hawking newspapers in the mean? 20s? I would have mm. bought that newspaper. I'm just saying. I think that I think it's like a... Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. Uh, it's my it's my my sugar. Howard Dean. It's my okay. Howard Dean. Yeah. Like, <laughs> is there a yaw, is there a street? Yeah, weird yeah. yeah. It also kind of looked like was a, that, that, a Munchkin that was the, or whatever from. Yeah. Is that what those were from yeah. the Wizard of Oz? The, the, the lollipop guild. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know yeah. where we. I didn't know what other pejoratives yeah. for little people we were going there. <laughs> I also love the point of just every once in a while, uh, I realize at some point in history, I'm going to be able to pull out the Howard Dean video. And show it to my children and say, once upon a time, this was good enough to get you disqualified from running for president. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to show her a newspaper. <laughs> Let's look ahead to this Houston game. First of all, this Greg Little, Daryl Williams rotation type situation. Are we going to see this moving forward? I think we might see it for one more week. And okay. then I think we're just going to see the Greg Little show. I think this is kind of all a just kind of a... <sighs> What's what's the word I'm looking for? Like a transition and like, well, we really like Daryl and Daryl Daryl did a great job and we love Daryl. Daryl's terrific and he's really a veteran leader. And I, I think ultimately uh, Daryl Williams has not been good enough, certainly not at left tackle. And I think Greg Little is the hot young rookie and he played well enough on Sunday to probably get all the snaps this, this week. But I think at the very least we're going to see more – and then of the rotation, then you're going to see Daryl Williams transition into that uh, backup role where he can back up everybody. He played a little bit of right guard, which I thought was weird um, when Trey went out. So I just like that we're giving Daryl Williams the Milton from Office Space treatment of like, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's a great office, but we're going to need this space. Can we move you to the basement here? <laughs> and then like eventually... All of his crap is going to be on the curb outside of B of A. And it's like, listen, we think you're doing really well out here. So we're just going to let you stay here. And we're going to go back and practice. And if we need you, we'll give you a call. Is he I, the 
My knee brace. Yes. Did anybody <laughs> see my knee brace? See, I'm imagining Daryl in a completely different situation where he got he got the corner office with the windows and everyone's coming by. He's like, I didn't ask for this. They just gave it to me. I just want my cubicle down the hall. You know, four stalls down. That's my spot. But they put me here and they gave me a plan. I like I, protecting I to- the side that he could see. <laughs> I, I told them I was a right tackle. I specifically checked the box that said right tackle. Why is my mouse pad on the left side? <laughs> No, I mean, it really should be. Like, honestly, Greg Little didn't look all-world or otherworldly on uh, on Sunday. He, did, he didn't look like crap either. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, Daryl would up. fall into the other category. And But you know what, though? To actually spin this into a positive, if Greg Little really can uh, ascend to that left tackle spot, and the worst thing we can say about this is that you've got a swing tackle and a swing guard – you didn't have that last year, and and if this allows uh, Daryl time to get his knee right, you know we got Greg Van Roten coming up as a free agent this off season. Maybe you give Daryl more run next year if the knee continues to get better. Like there are a lot of positives here in the meantime for this year, especially with Kyle Allen, who is not Cam Newton at quarterback. It gives you options should Trey Turner be an issue. Yep. Uh, Health wise, or, or even if anybody else gets hurt outside of Matt Paradis, Tra- and, and this is this is the role that they intended for Daryl Williams when they signed him. No, uh, Trey Turner is good to miss two to three games every year. No. I mean, I, I'm just I'm looking him up last year. Yeah, last year thirteen games. The year before that, thirteen games. So he is going to miss some games. Burning I think Man's we a big saw. <laughs> I think we saw. Um, Daryl Williams at right guard for a reason. I mm-hmm. think it was kind of like you can play some right guard. Let's see what it is. Get it, get out there and block for Reggie Bonifon while we're giving Christian McCaffrey a break. By the way, that's Ron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you asked about like a medical issue someone was having, Liz Frank. Liz Frank. Liz Frank. I think we really should. We should reclaim that. Liz Frank. It sounds like a person. Liz Frank. That sounds like something you don't want to deal with. Didn't you have Liz Frank folders and like notebooks when you were going to kid? Or like going to school as a kid? Isn't that like the girl brand? Yes, that's exactly what no, it is. I think it'd be Lizzie. Lizzie. It's Lizzie. Close. Lisa Frank, right? It's, it, it's close. Something. I think Frank was. Frank always reminds me of Father of the Bride. You guys, mm-hmm. Father of the Bride fans? Oh, yeah. yeah that's I was thinking, I was thinking young. Whenever I'm people sorry. are like Liz Frank, and I'm like Liz Frank, and they're uh, like, all right, uh, all right. Uh, Frankenstein. It's one. Okay, so Father of the Bride is a movie. That when my wife sense. will put it on, I'll be like, huh, okay, yeah, I guess I'll watch this instead of football. And then, like, the, the marriage scene comes on, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, he really loves her. <laughs> I literally thought you were just going to tell everybody that it was a movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, Father of the Bride is a movie. I was like, yeah. I can confirm it is also a movie. Yeah. That's like when Booger McFarlane telling everybody last night, you should, you should block Khalil Mack. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I, you know, here's the funny thing. I can't tell whether I like or hate Booger McFarlane as an analyst. Hate. Because oh. <laughs> everyone else's opinion is in my way. Yeah. Like, any time I'm, like, on, I'm, I'm, like, watching the game and I'm, like, oh, that wasn't a bad point. Oh, that was a horrible point by Booger. I'm, like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, all right, fine. He just seems like a nice guy, okay? I don't like the nickname Booger. It makes me uncomfortable to say out loud. We also, and that is, that is really also weird. a part of it. I, fe- I don't feel like an adult saying his name. The other part of this is how unrealistic we are about the Monday Night Football franchise. Who gives a damn? 
it Ooh, I literally that was second curse for sure. Yeah, yeah I I, I thought about it. Yeah, I thought, but honestly, it's uh, Monday Night Football. What? How does it differentiate from Sunday Night Football? It's worse. Or Thursday it, Night Football. I well, it used to be the only time we had pajamas on when we watched football. Thank it's not you. anymore. Now Listen, you don't wear PJs th- when you're watching. That is half. Because of you know Thursday night football, and it's also half because we're all, none of us have grown up. That's true. And yeah. PJs in football on Saturday—that's just America, friend. <laughs> <laughs> so this Panthers defense, how do we feel about them? I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about the defense played well on Sunday, but again, against Arizona, have they played well all season? Like, are they going to be able to keep up with this Houston offense? What are we thinking here? I have a thing that I didn't realize. I think I kind of like either I mischaracterized them in my head and I kind of like I felt like because Jameis played like Heisman Jameis and and they couldn't really stop him. That call that crab like Jameis, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's really scuttling around out there. Sorry. Uh, They've allowed. You cannot tackle me. (laughs) (laughs) Might actually be better if he just crab walked everywhere. It's true. Was Luke holding two crabs when he tried to intercept that pass? Is that what happened? <laughs> hey, James, like, why who am that, I? Why who am I, Jameis? <laughs> why, why did it have to be that game where it was almost interceptions? Um, they've allowed the fourth fewest yards in the league, which I think means something. Mm-hmm. You were looking at me because I just bitched about yardage. Yeah. <laughs> this is different. This is different. That's, we're not talking no, quarterbacks On defense, now. that's important, right? And like their, their pass defense has been great especially against you you look at who they i mean they did play they played the st louis st louis rams whoops the los angeles rams in week one obviously i know it was Jameis, but like they this defense has been good enough for them to be three and oh and i think that when you think about who this defense was do we come in with unrealistic expectations that we're going to shut everybody out and turn the ball over five times or did they play well enough to win i they certainly played well enough to win week one i think they probably played well enough to win last Last week against Tampa Bay, probably they probably Dante Jackson could have um, played a little bit better, but whatever. I, I think that this defense, we have always said this is going to be like the core of the team, and then the offense is obviously going to kind of play well as well. But I think the defense has been really good through the first three weeks. I talked about this with Trey Boston today on Wilson and Parcel from 10 to 2 on WFNC. That's uh, nice. Please don't cut that out. Uh, no, I talked about it with him. I, I said it felt like the first two games, they were almost good. Main, meaning they, were all, they almost got the sack. They almost got the – like they almost they were the almost defense, and it felt like even though it was Arizona, week three they were that defense, and they got after the quarterback. They forced turnovers. In reality – Yardage, it does and it doesn't matter in the NFL. It, you can give up a bunch of yardage. You just better get after the quarterback and cause turnovers. They did not do any of those two. They didn't do either of those two things, get after the quarterback or, or cause turnovers the first two weeks the way you need them to. Now that they are, I mean, if they listen, I'm not expecting eight sacks and what it was it, two turnovers. But if you can get three or four sacks a game, and if you can cause a turnover or two and you've got a quarterback that is at least turnover neutral, okay. Then, then I think that is a good defense. It, it, but this idea of it going to be a great defense, you got to do those two things, and they didn't do it early. I, I think this is a really good defense with the lead. I, I, I don't know that they have the defensive playmakers that you might want or need to swing when they're to swing a game when they're trailing. I mean, you look at against Jameis. I mean, they played really well, but 
there were turnovers there to be had, and they didn't make those plays. I think when this this defense has a lead, uh, and that I like them a whole lot more than when I need them to make a, a, a like a stand or make a specific turnover on drive. I, I will say this is the this is the one point that I'll point out. Uh, what a what, what three games just is not enough to you know the sample size just isn't right. enough mm-hmm. because I also felt in those first two games they were pressing. I think the the Luke thing was him pressing and saying, "Oh my God, I made a play. We're gonna win now." And I think it was putting too much expectation on every play that they made, which I think made them susceptible to either not turn the ball over, not get where they are, or maybe give up that big play. I really this I'm really curious up against Deshaun Watson, up against a bad offensive line, up against a. I mean, yeah, I know they got DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. I mean, outside of that, I mean, it's Deshaun, it's the two wide receivers, and a good defense. This is a game where the defense should be able to make more of an issue. Deshaun's not known to turn the ball over. They will. I mean, Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson can turn the ball over. They can be a part of that. This is a defense. Or this is a game that I will be grading the defense pretty harshly on because, yes, there are some special entities here. There's also opportunities to, to get those things we talked about. And I worry about the I worry about the secondary specifically. If you're trailing, sure. I mean, it, for all the conversations, as good as we do want this defense to be, both their safeties they basically found off the street at a time when you generally aren't looking for for guys. And just I'm just wondering if that day doesn't come where you have to pay the piper, particularly when you put it with a, a guy like Dante Jackson, who is incredible as he is, is awfully up and down and seems to be doing his own thing sometimes everybody hated Dante after that bird mess and then the two interceptions it's like everybody kind of forgot that happened he needed that he needed that yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he, yeah. he was picked upon by Tampa Bay in a huge way yeah I think that I, I, here's what I would say I don't see teams picking on Eric Reader or Trey Boston I don't see teams picking on James Bradbury I see them picking on JV and Elliott I see them picking on Dante and I see them picking on the other guys they have. I think I was more confident in the depth, not knowing that two of the first three games they're going to play the bolt defense, which requires six defensive backs out on the field. Um, I don't know if Rashawn is ready. I don't know if Ross Cockrell still has it. I think they've got three really good players in the secondary. And I think they've got a, another guy who is inconsistent but has all the talent in the world if he just finds a way to you know learn form. And then I think they got a bunch of guys. And I think if you're going to play the bolt defense, you better have more than just four guys, specifically three you know, good to, to really good players. But I, I'll say this. I don't think they have a great, a truly great defensive back right now. Yeah, like I feel like a, a really great, and not just a physical back, but a really great defense. You're like, you feel like, all right, this is when the defense is going to dial it up. Like there is another level that, that I look at that this defense is not. At. Now I wonder if we will look back, and this is obviously there's a lot of ifs, a lot of hypotheticals, but I wonder if the More defense ifs. plays. Yeah, we love them. If the defense plays really well, kind of not even for the rest of the season, for the next four or five. If we look at the second half of this Cardinals game where they had allowed essentially 20 points to Kyler Murray and David Johnson and what was not a very impressive Cardinals offense and they were up by 121-20 and then all of a sudden I don't know whether the the switch flipped or what they said that they made some adjustments that they wouldn't be exactly clear about what it was I They're think not they clear I about think they went, I think no, they went from a man to a zone that's what I think the that's what I think it was but uh after they were up 21-20 they went up 28-20 and then the Cardinals had negative 12 yards the rest of the game in five possessions. And 
to me, I wonder if they said if if that will be if if they play well, if we look back at this as like a little bit of a turning point for this defense this when they found themselves and and turned in a good performance. There's one thing that I don't want to make it seem like I'm somehow discrediting their performance. Kyler also started dropping. Like, the more they got to him, the more he dropped back deeper. Sure. And there were a lot of times where he dropped back so deep, there's no way in hell that Arizona offensive line, which is not very good in the first place, could guard for him. And and so I don't want to cheapen the sacks, but there's at least one sack that Mario Addison got that my fat ass could have gotten. <laughs> is ass a curse? Uh, no, I think no. you're good. Okay, we're, we're going to keep it there. Uh, there was at least one that I think Christian got that was because Kyler was just like, these guys aren't doing it. I'm 10-step drop, 12-step yeah, drop. Yeah. And again, it was a great play. They made the play. Like Now that everybody makes that play, but I think that is another reason. why That was a huge turning point. When Kyler – Trey actually talked about it on my show today. He said – Wilson Parcell. Uh, he actually said uh, there was just a moment in the fourth quarter, like six minutes to play, where I looked across – and just the way they carried themselves, you knew they were done. And that also coincides with some of the plays that we're talking about. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think that they they made some they did something different on defense that made it that that either confused Kyler that that made him to the point where he was just not going to be able to get it done. And it started with the the first Dante interception, and then after that, it just it fell apart for them. And I wonder if I mean you have to give them a little bit of credit for for getting it done. And I'm again. I think we all expected huge things for this defense, and we didn't see it until the second half of the Cardinals game. Well, what they did was they dominated a lesser opponent, which is what they should be doing. I just want to hear – I'd love to hear what Ron Rivera can't talk about and what he can talk about. I'd love to go up to Ron and be like, Ron, uh, I heard you had a lettuce and tomato sandwich for, for lunch there. Now, I don't like to confirm that until I talk to my butcher. Yeah. I always talk to him after this interview okay ron i heard that you can't parallel park um is that a skill that you possess now i've been dealing with a with a backup camera that's been flashing in and out since training camp so uh, you know we've been dealing with some things okay i have a receipt here that said you purchased some beano at a local convenience store can can you confirm this for me when you were selecting your labradoodle how important was it that was hypoallergenic now, here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ron, in 1985, when you scored your only touchdown in your NFL career, did that Lions running back actually catch the ball, or did he? was that an incomplete pass? I'm not going to answer that one. Either. Now, the referees, <laughs> here's the thing. I don't like to talk about the referees, but that's something I'm going to send in, I think. Am I still playing a character? <laughs> well, that was why I was confused. I'm like, wait, am I now Ron? Yes, yeah. Ron. No. What's happening? There is no Ron because there's no answers coming. That was, that was like a reverse Spartacus moment. <laughs> I'm not Ron. I'm, I'm not Ron. Not Ron. Uh, all three of you Rons, are you ready to play a game? Yeah. Game time? I can neither confirm nor deny whether I'm able to play the game. Damn it, I'm Ron again. <laughs> For this game, is this a thing, the Playmakers Edition? So I'm going to read off a take, then I'm going to ask, is this a thing? Ready? Curtis Samuel is making the leap. Is this a thing? Oh, I th- I think so. Uh, it, he's so open the past two games. And somebody couldn't get him the ball on Thursday night. I about had a 
conniption on my couch when I saw because they were showing. Are we behind. allowed to talk about the conniptions on the couch? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in this instance, uh, yeah. When they showed the the shot from behind Cam on that missed throw, I, that was that was not a that was a tough moment. He <laughs> Curtis Samuel should have had three touchdowns on on Thursday night in Tampa against Tampa Bay, and he was toasting the Cardinals. I mean, he was wide open and the way that he runs routes now this year is not a skill that he had last year he was okay at it last year he was good at it last year this year he looks to me like a like he is on his way to being an upper echelon wide receiver and if you can get the ball in his area magic is going to happen i will say yes only because i don't believe in riding fences mostly because they don't support my girth but (laughs) I will say I think it is I think it is a yes, but I need to see a little bit more with a quarterback that can actually throw a ball and and be able to 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 go through that whether that's healthy cam or or just uh normal Kyle is that's actually the perfect way to describe yeah. Kyle <laughs> normal Kyle um but no I I, w- I would say yes. Normal Kyle, I love that. Um is DJ Moore Less of a number one wide receiver and more of a simply a big play guy. Is this a thing? I will say it is not a thing. I think DJ. I think actually because of the the turnovers in that first game, it really overshadowed what a nice game he had with a quarterback who couldn't throw the friggin' ball. And I think DJ. The thing that has surprised me is he has not yet been as consistent as I thought he would be. I also think that goes a lot into quarterback play. I, I think DJ Moore is sneakily a really really good wide receiver. I think there's more of a chance that we have not seen the best out of both of those guys, both Moore and Samuel. But I'm more inclined to, to believe he's he's more of a 1.5 right now. Because to me, a 1. Like, a DeAndre Hopkins is a 1. Like, we're getting the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. If you say DJ Moore has two catches in the course of a game, I still think this offense can do what it needs to do and wants to do. How many 1s are there? I know we, this is yeah. like such a... No, but this is a uh, real ad nauseum argument. But it's like, how many ones are there? There's DeAndre there's like Hopkins. There's Julio yeah. Jones. There's Odell Beckham. There's Mike. Mike, Mike I think I think Evans. Mike Evans is probably yeah. in there. Okay, all okay. right. I'll give you Mike he Evans. He may have the season that everyone thought he would have the last two seasons. He's finally there's Michael Antonio. Antonio. Um. No. <laughs> <laughs> But no, Michael Thomas, I think it's also a great one. So, but five. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, and that's that's the whole thing is like people get caught up in the idea of wanting to name somebody a one. Th- th- you know who they are. It's like a running back. You know who the running backs right. are that matter. Now, They've I'll- just taken the entire NFL establishment to task in one podcast. Boom. <laughs> Roger Goodell should listen to this and rethink every decision he makes because of our pointing out what a flawed system all of this is. He, he's a listener. The NFL is sure. a lot. Yeah. He is. He's a friend of the podcast. I will say, just going back to the last, is this a thing? I think Curtis Samuel has the potential to theoretically be a one in the future, not right now. I would also point out, because uh, I want to get back to Roger Goodell, there was always this story. <laughs> There's a story about how when they ordered pizza as a staff, nobody could have a piece of pizza until Roger went in and got a piece. I would be fired. I just, like... There are a lot of things that I will, like, kowtow to somebody on. If somebody literally told me, a grown man, hey, pizza's been here for 30 minutes. Roger's going to be in the meeting. He'll be out here in 30 minutes, and we can all eat pizza. I would say, I- I- I'm sorry, how old are we? Uh, that is actually the first time that I realized I didn't like Roger Goodell. And it's not just because it's pizza. It's just the idea of the power move of nobody can eat pizza. What is this, kindergarten? I digress. It's second grade. Get it right. Sorry, Roger. <laughs> Ready for another one? 
Greg Olson still got it. Is this a thing? Yup. <laughs> next? next one. No, he's. Uh, I mean, he's 34 years old. He's got 185 yards ca- catching in the past two games, and like, he's I a mean, great he look- catcher. Yeah, he's a great, good catcher. Now, my favorite, probably my favorite moment of the entire season was when Greg Olson was wide open down the field, like 30, 35 mm-hmm. yards against Tampa Bay, and he turned and he had one guy to beat, and you saw it like in his mind of like, oh boy, here we go. Like I, like he, he did the thing on Madden where you like forget to hit a button mm-hmm. and you just kind of like run straight at the safety. See, you see, you're just not familiar with the slow spin move. I have perfected the slow spin move. Some of us are not Barry. Sanders, but you still may need a spin move in life. I think that's what Greg was trying to pull off. Greg and he, and he didn't get, and he just got the spin. one foot in the ground and didn't actually start the rotation part. I'm very deceptive, though. Greg is like if you go to the mall at like 9 a.m. and you watch old ladies power walking, that's Greg now. Greg is just like, I'm going to go get that football. I'm going to find that soft spot. And he goes, Oh, gotcha. That's Greg right now. He is a little old woman. Power walking at the mall at 9 a.m. when there's literally that and the two teenagers who are skipping school and still remember the ball's a thing. The difference is he can fall down catching the ball and not hurt himself. Okay, this year. This year. (laughs) Last year, how'd that work for us? I got one more. Wait, Greg Olson said, uh, sorry, I I just thought this was super interesting. After the game, he said, uh, I should have caught that, the one, the. Kyle Allen throw that hit him kind of he was like twisting and he had one hand on it he was like I should have caught that ball and I should have had three touchdowns I was like you shouldn't have caught that ball Greg is <laughs> no, Greg I don't Olson think so, a number one tight end <laughs> elite 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 when when Chris Manhurts is the number two the answer is obvious all I heard was Chris Manhurts is number two That's all, I heard. all right one more Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the NFL is this a thing Today it is. Yes. No. Oh, oh no. No, because I think there are three guys who are the best running back in the NFL. It's Saquon Barkley, it's Ezekiel Elliott, and Chris McCaffrey. And I can't honestly distinguish between the three because they're all such a ridiculous level of great. I mean, they like and and what I would say is. There's Didn't you one... just say you, the girth, the the fence can't support your girth, and now you're girthing it between three different fences? <laughs> We're testing the fence, okay? But I would say this: if he wants to be the best, you got to learn to block, kid. And I don't know if it's that he doesn't know how to, or that he's not big enough to. But there were multiple times when he was asked to pass block where he either missed the assignment or got mulled over. That is something you have. If he wants to truly be, and I'll be honest, if he, if I could say right now without a shred of a doubt that he could do that blocking, I'd say yes, he is. Uh, how about, is he a top ten offensive player in the league? Is that a thing? Is that well, a thing? yeah, I because I actually because I five number ones. Well, are, are we including quarterbacks? Well, I don't know anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, uh. What about guards? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think you. I think you're right. From the, I think Barkley is such an incredible talent, and and Elliot. But Elliot, you say, well, I'd rather not deal with the baggage, or other, I mean, like you can make the case there. But if you're just judging on football, I do think he's in that, in that, in that triumvirate of the top three. Oh, fancy mm, word. Fancy. It means three. <laughs> <laughs> then say three. Then just say three. Uh, Nick, where can the folks find you on the interwebs? It's uh, it's at Nick Wilson, WFNZ, and on the Instagram, because Big Daddy's there, oh, it's oh. at Nick WFNZ. 
it's mostly me uh, taking screen grabs uh, or videos of my TV when funny plays happen or when things I'd like to call out. I'm basically dad of Instagram. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you're not going to date my daughter. Uh, you're not going to look at her post on Instagram. Also, look at this funny meme. And you're not going to be sliding in their DMs. No. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I realize that the DM game... One, I am married. I should say that first. I am married, so I'm not sliding in DMs. I also, the mere thought of being single now gets me verklempt. Because the game, guys, I got to be honest with you, when it was just MySpace DMs, I wasn't great at the game. (laughs) There are so many different DMs, and quite honestly, one can only have so many pictures of their own junk before you're like, I think I get it. Okay, I don't think we need need anything more of this. Now, just to be clear, you... I don't, you haven't been single for a while, but you don't send yourself pictures of your own junk. You send <laughs> no, it out, I think. No. Uh, and, and again, Facebook I'm not Messenger, single either. You know, if Nana really pisses me off, I'm sorry, Nana. This is your punishment. Look at it. Look at it. I really feel like my social media interactions, particularly with the, with the, with the, the fairer gender, uh, can we still use that term? Um, it peaked when it was away messages on this semester. I feel oh, like I was wow. really oh, good yeah. at, a, at a good away message. I, well, not just away message. I thought of some really clever reasons to I am somebody that I liked. Mm. And it, it never failed. Like, uh, so, this weather, huh? <laughs> but I'm doing it ironically. So yeah. let's let's get together and smash. That's, I mean, that's essentially... <laughs> listen, guys, it was a simple time. It was 2003. It's I, a different time. I feel like the staying up late, having a long I am conversation, that was like a part of, a part of, uh, a part of your life in 2002 through 2004, 2005. No one will ever understand the subtle romance of not being able to tell somebody and not being able to have the balls to tell somebody that you like them, yeah. but listening to them talk about things you didn't care about over I am. For, like, you can only play video games and I am together at the same time <laughs> before you make an oopsie. <sighs> Those were the days. Josh, Kids will never know. They won't. They, they won't. won't. They're just sending out pictures of their yeah. junk to themselves. Yeah. <laughs> themselves and Nana, apparently. <laughs> Josh, where can they find you? Uh, you find- oh, sorry. No, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was going with the idea of like, uh, hey, bro, what do you think of this? <laughs> Okay, it looks good. All right. Yeah. <laughs> How's the lighting? Yeah. I'd imagine you make me look small. It <laughs> seems like you do that. that. Dak Prescott figured out the perfect angle. He went from the floor. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like okay, is a skyscraper as impressive if you're looking up at it as if you're looking down? Because when you're in the skyscraper, you're like, how tall or how high are we really? When when you're when you're taking it from street angle, it's like. I respect that. Yeah. Good for you. That's an average size building. Okay. Yeah, I have I have some questions. <laughs> Thirty um, floors. That we're closing ass. this. <laughs> so just just ballpark number here. How many athlete penises have you seen? Because I because I choose to avoid them. You obviously have a different approach. Listen, when somebody says uh, explicit picture. I'm not going to not click on it, okay? You do realize that's an option, though. Uh, Listen, I understand. (laughs) But listen, somebody's got to look at that wang. And if it's not me, who is going to be that person? How do you know they're not being sent in his DMs? They could be. I just know that I'm I'm not comparing athletes' junk junk shots. Well, no, again, Dak, I mean, it was like... It was like... I think you mispronounced that. It was like Picasso (laughs) painted a dick pic. 
and then they took a picture of it. Like, that's how, how good of a deep pick it was. I'm not going around the locker room being like, hey, how you doing there, fella? Huh? Huh? I'm not, I'm not going up with like a, with like, uh, I'm finally inspecting some sort of Johnson brigade here. Colin Good Lord, only ask Colin where you can find him on Twitter. Let's yeah. get out of here before, yeah, we we DM, before we offend everybody. <laughs> so Good Johnson Lord. Brigade was it. Colin will be in your DMs, but they're deck picks. Yeah. Johnson Brigade. Uh, Colin CLT on Twitter. Fabulous. Josh, should you tell him? Josh Klein rules. Yeah, he does. This has been One Day Contract, part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Nick Wilson, your One Day Contract is up. This week on the Roaring Riot Podcast, we discuss the Panthers' big win over the Cardinals. A lot of things went right, and we touch on just a few areas that we would like to see improvement, especially as the Panthers head to Houston to take on the AFC South leading 2-1 Texans. It's nice to be in the predicament where you have multiple game ball award contenders. We have the game review, awards on both sides, some Sega talk, and much more on the latest episode of the Roaring Riot Podcast, part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina.